When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is The Fray Podcast, brought to you by TheFray.com, a place for women who want more from life. Welcome to today's podcast episode. Given that we are nearly at the end of this year and we're about to walk straight into a new one, I thought it was fitting that I would sit down and share with you a bit of a reflective solo episode. So I'm going to chat with you about some of the life lessons I feel that I've learned in 2022. So let's get into it. There's a bit of a mixture here because I sat down and I thought, can I list 22 things I have learned in the year 2022? And yes, I could fairly easily. I think it's been a pretty big year of growth for me personally. Um, I mean, every year is big in growth, right? Even the years that you feel like you're a bit stagnant, that's part of your growth as well. But anyway, let's get into the first 12 of my 22 lessons of 22. Okay, so I couldn't go past this first point, which is this is the year for me that I like connected the dots and I only connected the dots because there has been a trend in people talking about ADHD, but I was able to connect the dots and realize that with like 99.9% certainty that I do have ADHD as well. And I know, like, I know that there will be people listening, eye rolling and cringing and thinking just that, like it is a trend. Um, And I can understand why you would think that because it's, it's, it is, it's a trend of people coming forward at the moment and sharing their diagnosis and their experience with ADHD. But a trend doesn't need to mean that it's not true. And I think it makes sense that there is a wave of people working in industries where they're oversharing, working in industries where their job is talking or it's creative, because those are the industries that often uh, best suit people with ADHD because of so many different reasons, um, hyperfixation on being able to actually create something and bring it to life, the oversharing side of things, the no filter. Um, there's so many different components that would make sense that there are lots of people in that space who also do have it as well. For me, I'm still on my diagnosis journey with my psychiatrist. It's a very long journey. It's not something that you can just self-diagnose, even though I say like, oh, I definitely have it. It's just the more I understand it, I'm like, yeah, I'd be very surprised if I don't. But um, it is something that's it's a lengthy process and you have to be quite committed and focused to be able to get that diagnosis as well. For me... I want to seek a diagnosis because 
I think it will be very validating for me to understand different parts of myself. There are parts of what I've thought are parts of my personality that I've struggled with at times and that I've been a bit embarrassed about and I found difficult. And I think it would just help me to know, huh, you know, maybe I'm not a useless piece of shit because I can't remember certain things there's an actual like neurodivergence there that makes it very hard for that part of my brain to function in the way that would make it easy for me to be on top of those things um one of the biggest parts of ADHD that I had no idea about well there's two but one was about one is about rejection sensitivity so rejection sensitivity disorder is often paired with ADHD. Um, Maybe it's not even often, maybe it's can be. Remember, I'm not a doctor. (laughs) Take what I say here as just my own personal learnings and experience. But when I found out about rejection sensitivity and the way that it works in with ADHD, it was like all of these puzzle pieces in my life clicked together to make so much sense for me personally in terms of why I feel hurt so deeply over other things that people might not even register or might not even consider to be worth feeling badly over. It's really helped me to understand one of my little boys and it's really helped me to understand myself um, and to understand why filling out forms and admin is painful to me. Like it's not just like, oh, I don't enjoy it. It's actually painful. Sitting still for a long period of time is torture. You know, like when I go to the hair salon to get my hair done, and of course this sounds so silly, but there are just parts of my personality or behavior that I've always been like, why can other people do that? Why can other people go and sit in a chair and find that okay? Whereas I find it like it's almost... Like, I feel like I want to peel my skin off and get away from myself if I have to do that. And so just understanding ADHD and the way that it can impact women and the way that it has impacted me has been so insightful into connecting and understanding and also liking myself more because it it gives me compassion for myself. I have done past episodes on it. There's one with... um, a lady called Steph, and that's definitely worth a listen. The other thing is I always thought with ADHD, it was like about hyperactive kids. I never realized it was about hyperactive thoughts. And it's really only been since living with Brendan and we would have conversations as you do, particularly when you're in a new relationship, right? When you're like, oh, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? And I would be really honest with him about the threads of my thoughts and be like, oh, well, I thought of this. And then that led me to that, did it, did it, did it. And like talk him through like the million thoughts that I can have in a very small, like small window of time. And then chatting through that with him and realizing, oh, not everyone is so distracted by their thoughts or has this continual hyperactivity in their thoughts and ruminating on certain things. I just was so unaware that that was part of ADHD. And I think that's why it is so popular now is because we're having conversations like this and someone might be listening to this episode and go, oh my gosh, a couple of those things Kylie has said really 
makes me think about how I am. And then you go and explore it and you realize, huh, maybe I actually have ADHD as well. And then you can seek that diagnosis if you want to, that validation, that understanding. You can realize how important it is to craft a life around the things that you can do and the things you enjoy doing. You know, that's one of the things that my uh, psychiatrist and I spoke about is I'm quite successful in doing the things that I want to do. And that's, you know, being key to me being able to work from home and actually make a living for myself is because I've designed this life that works in with like my own divergence versus trying to fit myself into a, a box that would never work for me. So anyway, I think it's helpful. Number two, making decisions from a place of fear is not where you want to make your final decision. And that just applies to so many different areas in life. There are times when you will be invited by a certain situation or just, you know, invited by the universe, if you believe in that, to make a decision about something and you might be triggered and have all sorts of fears pop up for you. But making big life decisions from a place of fear is not where you want to be making them from. So I know for me, when that comes up, I have to really separate myself from the fear and go, okay, what is it that I actually want and what aligns with my values and make a decision from a values place, not a fear-based place. Number three, it is possible to rely on someone and to self-regulate as well. I think I've found that balance hard in the past of being codependent upon someone or being completely removed, like all or nothing type thinking of going, okay, I'm in this relationship or this friendship and I really need them to co-regulate me and to co-depend on me to feel alive and to feel like I'm functioning Um, And then to kind of switch off my own self-regulation. But this year I have really learned that you can rely on someone and you can also self-regulate. You can self-soothe and be in a functioning, healthy relationship and friendships where it's not that um, all or nothing, where they don't become the integral part of you that regulates your nervous system. That's been a big learning for me. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Number four, know what you want and stand by it. Have standards. You have to have standards in life, standards and boundaries that could almost be interchangeable there. But there have been so many moments in my life where I have felt like I'm just getting pulled along with the current of life. You know, someone else's current, someone else's tide, and I'm just like bobbing along, going with it and not really pausing to check in with myself on what I want or what I need or what my standards are. And this year, I think I've been really called 
to actually get clear on what it is that I want and to not be so led around aimlessly as I have been in the past and to have those standards. And I mean, standards across all areas, standards for work, like being like, you know what, if it's not an episode I love, I'm not going to share it. Um, If I don't feel that that was a worthwhile uh, use of time, I'm not going to do it again. Like just learning what my standards are and what I'm willing to accept. Number five, a bit of a lighter one, charging my phone outside of my bedroom each night has been the best thing. I used to charge my phone next to my bed. And then of course I would scroll on my phone before bed and I would grab it first thing in the morning to check the time. And then once it's in your hand, it's so easy to just let your thumb do the walking and end up in all sorts of places. And so for the last couple of months, I've just charged my phone outside of the bedroom. So it means like before brushing teeth, before walking into bed, I don't have my phone in my hand. I'm much more likely to pick up a book, a book on my bedside table while I'm waiting. You know, if Brendan's faffing around or whatever, I'll pick up a book and read that before I drift off. And I just find that I'm ending my day in such a better way, not having my phone in my hand and it's out of the bedroom. Um, so that's just like a little a little one that I'm doing that is making a big difference to how I end and start the day because I'm not even picking my phone up or looking at my phone now some mornings until well after I've had my morning coffee, well after I've made school lunches. And it just allows me to be with my own thoughts first rather than be in that reactive mode to something that's online. Number six, moderation. I think this has been my year of moderation. I have been uh, very clear in the past of saying like I've struggled sometimes with moderation, but I feel like this year I've actually nailed it in a lot of ways. Um, Moderation in terms of like fun in life, not being all serious or all sad, moderation in terms of um, exercising and movement, also a little more comfortable, I guess, in terms of moderation with food as well. Um, So yeah, that's been a big one for me, especially like with, I guess, the food side of things. I have always had such strict food rules from quite a young age and quite disordered eating patterns in my early 20s. And whilst I've been well and I would say I've been recovered, that is still like my like my coping mechanism. We all have our thing. So when life gets hard, I do sometimes find food tricky. And I know a lot of women can relate to that. And so this year for me has just been so beautiful in terms of moderation, which will sound strange to someone who doesn't have any disordered eating habits or patterns or thoughts. But for me to be able to eat all, like a real, like a larger variety of food and to not have any stress around it, to really enjoy it, has just been so nice to feel like kind of a quote-unquote normal person when it comes to food. So that's been a good one. Um, number seven, 
Managing my nervous system. I have learned how important it is that I manage my nervous system and signal to my body that I am safe. There are so many ways that I can move about my day and tell my body it's not safe. Um, So things like drinking too much caffeine, stressful podcasts, stressful TV shows, like true crime stuff that can be uh, informative and you can learn from it. And it can be very engaging, but it can also be quite taxing on your nervous system and put you into that fight, flight, freeze response. Um, So just understanding that I have to manage my nervous system. And sometimes that means pulling back on intense workouts, cutting down to only one coffee a day, not having pre-workout every day. And when I am having pre-workout, choosing a stimulant free one. Um, making sure I'm getting a good balance of lighthearted, motivational, inspirational, aspirational, whatever uh, content, not just heavy stuff as well. Number eight, you cannot please everyone. This is one of those lessons I feel like I have to learn over and over and over again. And I may need to just write this on my hand and remind myself every day. Not that I wake up thinking I can please everyone, but sometimes it hurts your feelings when people are mean about you and you're like, oh, you know, I'm not doing anything intentional to upset anyone. And you just have to make peace with the fact sometimes that no matter what you do, no matter who you are, how you are, there's always going to be someone that has a problem with you. And as Brendan says to me, that's a them problem. That's not a you problem. You don't need to worry about how people perceive you because like they're perceiving me through their own lens. They have their own triggers. Um, Yeah, so you can't please everyone. And I know that when we launched our Acast Plus, so when we launched our Venti membership, which is a bonus podcast, it pissed some people off. And that upset me because I like wanted to explain You know, when you listen to a podcast, someone has taken time to create that episode, whether you find it valuable or not. If you're listening to it, hopefully you find it valuable. Hopefully you're not someone who thinks it's like a good idea to spend time listening to someone that you hate because I don't understand why, like why you would set aside time in your day to be purposefully triggered and purposefully upset yourself you know, literally do anything else, read a book, take a walk, volunteer your time, do anything else, organize your pantry. Um, But realizing like there's always going to be someone upset about anything that I do is kind of freeing because you just have to accept that's just the reality. But when I did hear that people were upset about the Venti membership, it's frustrating because The Venti membership is like an optional thing. It's for the people who don't want ads. It's for the people who feel good about supporting creators. It's for the people who want an extra episode. It's not taking anything away from people who enjoy the episodes that are provided for free twice a week. Um, You know, even when we have a guest and we split that interview up into two parts, the first part is still a full episode. And just like today's episode, I'm going to share like 12 of my lessons here. And then by the time I do that, this will be a pretty lengthy episode and I'm going to pop the last 10 over on the member zone. So if you want to listen to those 10, you can sign up and become a member. But if you don't, 
that's okay. You've gotten an episode here completely free on your terms. Um, But yeah, you just cannot please everyone. And that's a tricky one. But it can also be very freeing in just understanding every single person has their own lens that they look at other people through their own core wounds, their own belief systems, their own life experiences. And those things change. People are movable. And because people are movable and they grow and differ, it's another reason why you can't please everyone because they're on their own metamorphosis journey as well. Number nine. I should have gotten my hair cut sooner. (laughs) So I've had a couple of inches taken off my hair. I've always had long blonde hair, boring, predictable Gold Coast gal, but I've had it cut shorter and I think I will go shorter as well. And I just really, really like it. I feel um, like it suits my, like I was going to say suits my age bracket, but I just, I like having shorter hair and I should have done it sooner. I also am obsessed with like volume shampoo and Velcro rollers to get that really bouncy blow dry. So that's something I've learned this year, how much I love my Velcro rollers and should have cut my hair sooner. Number 10. Oh, another kind of light one. (laughs) A skill set that I learned this year that I didn't expect to is how to do a tattoo. Now, not how to tattoo someone well or how to tattoo someone in a creative way, but I learned how to use a tattoo gun and I did my first ever tattoo. Um, And so that's something I definitely never planned on doing, but fun. Number 11, big love exists after divorce. I think that's like enough said. But when you are in the throes of it, in the thick of it, it's very easy and understandable to think, oh, like my life's over. I'm never going to have that big love. Like you think, have I missed the love of my life type of relationship? Um, And I understand how you can think like that. I definitely had moments of thinking like that too. But yeah, a big love can absolutely exist after divorce. And I'm so grateful for the big love that I am experiencing. And, you know, that doesn't mean, oh, like this big love needs to last a lifetime. Of course, I hope that it does. But going into a big love after a divorce, I think you, I'll speak for myself, I'm so much more present in every day and being like, huh, I really enjoyed today. Show me more. Let's keep going. Let's make sure both of our needs are being met. How are we both contributing to this space between us, this relationship? What do we need now? Like in the moment, what is a successful relationship for us? And that's been a big one as well, because, you know, growing up, we're all taught that the importance, um, like, sorry, the important markers of a successful relationship include the longevity of a relationship, but the length of a relationship should not determine or should not be the only marker of success. It really should be about how much you feel seen, how much you feel understood, the love you feel, the love you can give, um, how much you laugh, how much you like the person, that real friendship base as well. 
recently I went and saw Clementine Ford's Love Sermon, and I have spoken about this in other podcasts. I don't know if it's in episodes that have aired yet or ones that we have banked, but she said she invited everyone in the audience to go home and ask their partners if they live with a partner, what do you know about me? Not what do you like about me, but what do you know about me? And this has been a year where I'm in a relationship where I feel like I am my full self and Brendan knows me, like really, really knows me at my core. Not the version of me that I want him to know, you know, because we all have parts of us and, you know, we all have our shadow sides and corners within that we're like, oh, not super proud of that part of me. But I feel so seen, so understood, so loved, so held, so known in this relationship. And that's just been like such a massive gift to feel fully, fully known. Next up, number 12. Let me choose one for number 12 out of my list. All right. Festivals are like the people watching Mecca. I am someone who loves to people watch. I can sit back and just observe a crowd of people happily for hours. I find humans endlessly fascinating and exciting. And full disclosure, I've never been to a festival before. Never. I'm 35 years old. I have never been to a music festival. I don't think. No. Obviously, I've been out like going to nightclubs and whatnot in my younger days, but I've never been to a music festival, mainly because I I sort of tell myself I would find that too overwhelming. But recently, Brendan and I went to one together and it wasn't my genre of music at all. It was his, but I still so enjoyed the day and I found it so enjoyable just seeing such a array of different characters all just living their best lives and their best outfits, having the best time. And I really, really loved it. Uh, And Brennan said that to me when he bought the tickets. He's like, you're going to love it. Like, he's like, your little eyes will be popping out of your head. You won't know where to look. And so I just, yeah, wanted to include that one because I, yeah, as I've said, I love to people watch. And I realized that festivals are like the top tier of watching people and interesting behavior. So I do have 10 more lessons things that include certain books that I really recommend that you read, talking about change, talking about growth, talking about resentments. And I am going to record those in a separate episode. And if you do want to listen to the next 10 life lessons of 2022, make sure you do jump over, become a Venti member, get those episodes ad free. You get the whole back catalog as well. And there is an episode with Jordan. It's the first one that we shared on the Venti feed. And it's one that I've had so many messages about because Jordan just completely exposes me um, in the best way possible, but also like she just really lays it all out there. Um, there's a real mixture, a real mixture of episodes over there and you get each and every single episode completely ad and sponsorship free. You can feel good about supporting our completely female team uh, with the podcast. And what else? You also get monthly journaling prompts as well, exclusives, all sorts of things. So the link is in the show notes for that one. 
I really appreciate everyone who has listened to the podcast this year. Uh, It means like so much to me. I can't even tell you. And we have so many good things coming for the new year as well. We've got themed months. We're being really purposeful, really intentional with the episodes that we're crafting for you. We always have our listener in mind and I'm excited. Like I'm excited to share with you some of the stuff that we have coming up. Really, uh, thought-provoking, juicy, helpful episodes coming your way. All right. I hope that you enjoy what is left of 2022. And if you're feeling up to it, why don't you sit down and make your own list of life lessons from 2022? Pop it in your journal, pop it in your notes app on the phone. Just have a bit of a reflection. Next time you catch yourself just scrolling aimlessly, pause, catch yourself and change your trajectory from scrolling and looking at other people's lives into thinking about how far you have come this year. What are the things you have learned? Sometimes we have to learn over and over and over again. Like one that I feel I always have to learn is the old feather brick truck. You know, that expression where it's like, at first the universe sends you a feather to get your attention, like a little niggle, a feather. And then if you don't listen to that intuition, then you get the brick, which can be something a bit more serious, something that's like, hey, you pay attention. And if you still don't, then you get flattened by the truck. So feather brick truck is one that I'm always having to remember and always having to learn. But anyway, details in the show notes to become a Venti member. If it's something that you want to gift yourself for the new year, it ends up being less than like $1.70 a week. It's the, the cost of a cup of coffee per month for weekly bonus episodes and everything ad free. So anyway, take care. I hope that you enjoy the festive season and I look forward to speaking with you very, very soon. This is what I want. This is what I need. If you don't have to go, I can set you free. Are you going to make a move? Are you going to come and see? Whatever you want to do, you know what's cool with me. Whisper in the dark. Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 